What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike Janella Show. We're here one more week. It's episode number seven for me. Hopefully, it won't be my last. This week, we have a really awesome guest for you, fresh off of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game last week. He was there. He's an associate producer for MLB Network, a four-time Emmy Award-winning associate producer for the MLB Network, Carmine Arpaio. Welcome to the show. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just knowing you and the kind of schedule you have working for the network and producing both uh, in studio and on the road, uh, you're a busy guy. So thanks so much for, for squeezing the time. And it's not uh, easy getting a hold of you. Yeah, man. Anything for you. I'll, I always try. <laughs> uh, so take us to, I guess, quickly before we get into kind of what the All-Star game was like, because obviously Home Run Derby was amazing. Uh, it was the first time I think I cared about it in years. Um, so I loved watching yeah. it. Uh, the game itself was awesome, so people obviously uh, were getting really into it. So I want to talk about that. But first, just so we have some context, so we kind of know your whole role in this, What um, explain to us kind of your gig at MLB Network and, and what you do when you're on the road, when you're at home. Take us quickly through through what your whole story is. Sure, sure. So obviously during the season and over the summer is my busiest time of the year when all the games are. Uh, my main priority is I'm working on the LB Network Showcase Game of the Week. So we usually only have one game a week, and uh, leading up to that game, I'll be cutting video for it of potential things we could roll in, like where we get the starting pitchers, and if there's a history between that pitcher and like an opposing batter, I'll bring back all that old video in case that comes up again. Like they uh, had the same ex-girlfriend or something, or in-game history? Uh, well, if I can think of something that good, then I'll definitely find, uh, find out who they used to date. But no, like, oh, you know, the last time they faced uh -huh. off, like, this guy hit a home run, or this guy got hit by a pitch, or whatever. Come up with stuff like that. Try to think of some interesting talking points, and, like, full-screen graphics, me and my crew can come up together. And it's obviously a, uh, a team effort. It's, it is certainly not just me. Uh, and then once we get closer to the game, uh, if it's a city we've never been to before, or haven't been to very often, I get there early the day before. I'll shoot um, some scenics around the city, certain shots we can use coming in out of commercial break of, uh, you know, recognizable statues or landmarks or whatever. And then I'll shoot a few other things, like the, the, the starting pitcher's pitch grips we'll try to get if the team is willing to cooperate with us and give us a few minutes of his time. Uh a lot of times there's some sponsored elements. I also have to shoot like our military veteran of the game and, and stuff like that. So a couple like quick interviews. Uh, occasionally, if it's something a real cool matchup, uh, we'll bring in Tom Verducci and he'll uh, do a bigger sit down interview. And that's when we'll do multi camera and my producer will show up as well. Uh, one of the bigger ones we had this year was um, with the entire cup infield. And that was like just when they called up Addison Russell and Chris right. Bryant was so super fresh and we had Rizzo and Castro there as well. That was a really cool one we did on the side of the field right before the game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, every game's a little bit different, but I do a lot of shooting, uh, field producing. I do a lot of editing when I'm in the studio. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If it's a slow week, I'll help out with the studio shows, uh, working on LMB Tonight or any of the other daytime shows. And that's what I used to do when I first started at LMB Network for, for the last uh, two and a half seasons, I've been more focused on the, the remote team with our showcase game of the week. Got it. So we'll talk more about that specifically, kind of get into the nuts and bolts. I think it's really interesting to me, um, kind of in the media world too, knowing the sort of behind the scenes, especially on a scale that big. But take me back to Cincinnati last week, all-star game. 
Um, I asked you before the show, and you kind of sent me a little bit of your itinerary that you had for the week, which was um, pretty jam-packed. You had your plate full. But, you know, taking the Cincinnati, how big is the scale? What's it like putting on? Because you're part of, you know, you're one of three networks that are there. ESPN's there for the Derby and the Futures game or the Celebrity Softball game, all that stuff. You got Fox there for the actual broadcast. Um, You guys have you there the whole time. What's it like when you're, you know, at All-Star Weekend or All-Star Game Day, I guess, and the whole uh, surrounding hoopla for it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a scene that you know you don't really see other than maybe the World Series. I've done games at like maybe Fenway in the past, like a Yankee Red Sox game. We'll have Yes Network, the Nets and uh, Nets will be there, LB Network will be there, and then you know there's a Japanese feed or something like that. So we'll shove <laughs> yeah. like four different uh, different networks in there. But the um, but the All Star Game is a is a completely different scene. This was only my second time at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. And uh, the compound obviously just could not fit uh, every single network that was there. So they were taking over we were taking over streets and parking lots around the back and everything. So it's it, once you get there, it, it takes a while to even like figure out like where what trailers are yours, where you're allowed to go, and, and um, who you're supposed to talk to. Because it's, uh, it's like nothing else. And then um, this year, I worked, the, the All-Star game, I, I worked on the broadcast for it, but not for Fox. Um, me and LMB Network, we were working on the world feed. So it ah. was the feed we were doing was not was pretty much everywhere except for the United States. <laughs> so that was a uh, that was a whole different uh, thing none of us had ever worked on before. Is so that, that is that uh, really different? Like, how does that differ a lot from what you do just stateside? Well. In, a, in some senses, it's actually a little bit easier because we can't, uh, we don't put in as many elements, we don't do as many graphics, we don't roll in as many flashback videos or anything like that because you're broadcasting to a different language. Uh, now, our guys calling the game were obviously doing it in English, but there was plenty of other uh, feeds around the world that were taking the feed we were producing but uh, putting their own commentary on it. So. Anytime we were about to put in a graphic or about to do a flashback of some other older all-star game, uh, someone in our truck, it was their responsibility to quickly relay that to all the other uh, trucks that like, all right, they're about to roll in uh, like right off the top of the game. Mike Trout hit a leadoff home run, and then we rolled in uh, Bo Jackson hitting a a leadoff home run. Uh, in his only all-star game. And as soon as we did a flashback of that, or we were about to do it, because obviously uh, our tape producer says he has it, someone suggests it, and it takes like, a, it really doesn't take too long to get it cued, but, you know, it obviously takes maybe five, ten seconds at least. So he says that, and then our guy, whose job it is to relay that, tells that. Uh, and I just see him on a headset. I'm not even sure how many people he's talking to, but I know it's a lot, and I know uh, I know he's talking to a lot of people who are in his ear at the same time. So. Uh, it was, we were all like a little, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but we were all very cautious going into it because it was a brand new thing none of us had ever done before, but it actually, I'd say, went smoother than we expected, so that's always very good, and uh, we're actually going to be doing the same thing in uh, in October for the World Series, we'll do every World Series game for the World Speed as well, because that's obviously not an LB Network game. So to my, my my thousands of listeners in Israel and Australia and everything, they have you to thank for the seamless production that they got to enjoy last week and that they'll get to enjoy You're, in October. Yep, I hope they all enjoyed the uh, the Bo Jackson 
uh, leadoff home run. That, I mean, that's the crazy thing about TV, especially sports TV. I mean, I watch it, and I've been on the other side of the industry uh, as a, a post from a fan, and the speed with which you guys can do this stuff sometimes, it's like it's insane because you got to have the person that can remember that home run, that it existed, the guy that has to look it up and find it and like go through the files and everything, and then the relay and then putting it all up and to do that all within – you know, 30 seconds total. I mean, it's like a, it's like a pit crew on NASCAR, except for video. It's crazy. Oh yeah. You could be good at the, at this job, uh, with only knowing, you know, being a casual baseball fan, but like to be like really successful and get to like that producer level, like you really got to know it inside and out. And like the, the Bo Jackson home run that, that we rolled in, I cut that, uh, and I cut a, an all-star flashback for like almost for many, many all-star games. And the majority of them did not get in. That's just that's just the nature of the game. Yeah, definitely. It's unavoidable. You don't know where it's going to go. So you just think of as many situations as possible. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you know, uh, either our producer will, will know it immediately or our tape producer, uh, he knows that he'll have a cue. And there's enough people in the truck that, that know the game inside and out uh, that we can do it quickly. But, yeah, you also got to be – you also got to be quick with the mouse. You got to be, everyone's got to be on the same page in order to turn it around so quickly. So as soon as Mike Trout touches home plate, we can roll that in. Not to mention all the, all the replay cameras as well. Yep. Any rivalry between the other networks when you guys are all on there? Like, you know, you see the Fox guys or the ESPN guys and you're like, man, our, our stuff's so much better than yours, all that kind of stuff. Or is that, uh, uh you guys are all professional? No, there's, well, professional i definitely say there's a, a friendly rivalry though <laughs> a lot of a lot of people i work with actually did used to work at espn so they have a lot of friends on the other side as well uh but uh i i got a couple of friends at at fox sports one that have gone there in the last year or two so every time i i see them i'll we'll always uh playfully knock each other's work but it's all uh it's all in good fun you're like, look at the Emmys, baby. Scoreboard. That's all you gotta say when you see them. Scoreboard, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Sports Center and Party Interruption had a nice run on uh, on Emmys until MLB Tonight showed up. Yeah, that's just a fact. It's a new, it's a new Jack City. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take me to the social aspect, because obviously you have all these superstars, the biggest in the game. You have all their entourages, their posse. You have all the media coming in. I, I've been to Cincinnati. The nightlife isn't isn't the greatest, um, but you know there's stuff there. So around the weekend, uh, I think you told me it was like Sunday night. So the night before the home run derby, you were out. Any good stories running into guys at the at the bar in the hotel lobby in the streets? Any any good scoop from the from right there in the in the heart of the storm? Yeah, well, you're definitely right that Cincinnati is not the uh, the biggest party city in the country. That, uh, but it's uh, if you're ever gonna go to Cincinnati, All Star Week is definitely. A week to do it they got so like one time know, every be, 40 years pretty much is yeah, when you should well, go <laughs> quick side note the only other time i've been at cincinnati was the very first game i worked for lb network the very first time i was out of the studio and working on the road for them it was a red game and so i was already like a little nervous just because it was some new jobs and some new responsibilities i hadn't done before and i was doing the score bug for that game which is Mostly like the just the ball strikes in the excuse me in the top corner, mm-hmm. uh, but we're rolling in a ton of graphics in and off that too, a lot of uh, you know bullpen slabs stuff like that. So uh, I'm doing it, I'm doing fine. And after uh, after four or five innings or so, I realized that Homer Bailey, the red starter, has a no hitter going, and I'm like, oh, it's just my luck. Like I always want to see a no hitter, but I'm already like, you know, nervous enough that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is my new job, and now, 
now there's I know every single inning there's going to be more and more viewers watching this and they're going to be <laughs> looking for the score and everything. And and Homer Bailey, he ended up throwing it. And it was uh, – I'll, I'll never forget it, obviously because it was my first no-hitter, but also because it was my, my very first game. And I hadn't been back to Cincinnati since. So I already had fond memories of, of that because of the no-hitter and also doing commentary for our game with Sean Casey. And it was Sean Casey's birthday. So the after the game we went – we went out in Cincinnati with Sean Casey, who is, uh, yeah, like you say, he's the mayor. He's the mayor of Cincinnati. Not not officially, but pretty much as officially as you can get. So I had a great time in Cincinnati the first time I went there. But anyway, so yeah, this All-Star Week, it's, it's great. There's lots of uh, the fan fest going on around the stadium. There's, there's uh, I mean, it's, sometimes it's tough to get a table at a restaurant or anything. But yeah, Sunday night, uh, well, Sunday afternoon, I worked the Futures game. And then Sunday night uh, was an LMB.com party, and uh, me and my coworkers, uh, we had the address. It was short cab right away, but it was like, it was just literally at a warehouse. Like, it's not like it was just some bar they rented out, and you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. So you don't. So we get there, and you can already see it's like they rolled out the red carpet, and there's like a lo- pretty big line to get in or whatever. But there's once you get closer, there's a couple different line so we went on the LB network line we get in you could already start recognizing a bunch of players and as soon as we walk in uh macklemore is performing uh and people <laughs> so are going random. crazy like, but like, how is he still booking gigs he's been like three years since he's been relevant oh yeah well it's about to get more random <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, great. so he's going but it's so this, this warehouse i don't know if the ac is broken or it's just way too many people and it's so packed and me and my friends are like all right let's just like get our you know get our free drinks and uh go to some place with ac but we have end up having a pretty good time we waited out and then at uh later in the night uh after macklemore was done they were just a dj for a while and then uh to our surprise you don't know what's coming next at about 1 30 in the morning snoop jog jumped on stage <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i'm not going anywhere i mean snoop dog that's like that's one of those things you just got to see. If you could see Snoop Dogg live, you got to see Snoop Dogg live. So luckily it was so hot that people were leaving and it was not, it was much less crowded when Snoop Dogg got on and we were, we got so much closer and it was, everyone in our room could move and the bar lines were shorter and Snoop Dogg played for like probably like an hour and a half and he played every single Snoop Dogg song you could ask him to play. Like there was no, no Snoop Lion, no, no weird stuff, no new stuff, just like classic. Dog and you had like an no, so and there wasn't even like a rumor that he was there or like in town or anything. It was just totally surprised. Well, I guess if you look at the celebrity softball roster, you could take a guess. <laughs> That's in town. true. Uh, because Macklemore and Simpson were both in that game. But no, we showed up and like, I didn't even know there was going to be a stage, let alone Macklemore and then Snoop Dogg come on. So like the Macklemore one, I didn't really pay attention to because it was too packed. And I was just uh, in the back, uh, drinking some free beer and, and cooling down. And then but when Snoop Dogg showed up, it was a whole nother level. And uh, that was uh, that ended up being a great night. And there was a bunch of players around, none, none of them doing anything too crazy. No, no, just uh, drinking like normal people. So nothing, I don't have any good stories about that. But Snoop Dogg went, uh, went as hard as you could have asked him for. So that was a, uh, a very memorable experience. What are some uh, player drink choices? Did you notice anyone? Like, is anybody like a, a rum and coke guy? Is somebody uh, uh, Corona well, lights all night? Give me, give us some insight into the the pro athlete night lifestyle. Well, no, 
no matter if you're uh, if you have the salary I'm making or if you're a professional ball player, you still like free. <laughs> right. So, uh, so the uh, the drinks there were um, it was Bud Heavies actually, and Stella was the beer. America, and baby. Then, yeah, it's the all. We were playing in Great American Ballpark. What else could be asked? <laughs> and uh, and then by the end of it, I I people started passing me um, some Jack and Coke. So I didn't even know that was available. So I can tell you, I saw most people just just drinking whatever's available. Though there was uh, it was it was ridiculous when Snoop Dogg is on stage and like you know everyone's going crazy and like there's this this dog mascot and everything and, and then backdrop. It's like this big blue MLB.com banner. And you're like, what? This doesn't go together at all. Like, right. what is Where am I doing on stage with like an ML major league baseball concert? And, uh, you know, he didn't hold back at all. Even though if you think if it's a uh, major league baseball, he might keep it clean. No, he was Snoop Dogg, uh, as much as Snoop Dogg can be. Nice. Good. Well, I think he kind of had that whole Snoop Lion phase or whatever, and no one was buying it. So it's like, you know what, go with what works. And um, I yeah. think he's just he's going right back into it, which is obviously what you know. If you're a rap fan or you're a fan in general, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see this new this new crap. Oh yeah, and I was there with plenty of people that were not rap fans, but if uh, if a guy like Snoop Dogg shows up, like you're you're going to appreciate it. And I saw plenty of rap haters having a great time. I think with Snoop Dogg is one of the few people that can actually do that. Yeah, he transcends. Um, all right, so so All Star Game was fun. Obviously, it went well. Production was all good, and then you were kind of right back to it. Um, the next weekend, I mean, I love baseball. I used to do play-by-play, as you know. That was part of my like the beginning of my career. But even me, there's only like so much I can take. I mean, you're out there, you know, once a week at these games. You're watching these whole games. You have to be focused every single pitch. Um, does it get old? Does it get boring? I mean, that's got to rag on you after a while, no? Oh, for sure. It's. It, I mean, it. Uh, there's times where I'd much rather be out on Long Island, sitting on a beach with my friends and family, for sure. Uh, but, you know, when I, whenever I get to feel like I'm getting tired of it, you know, you just kind of remind yourself, like, well, this is a lot better than, uh, you know, being an accountant, at least as far as I think. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I got into the business because I wanted something that I was interested in, something that wouldn't be boring. And I could have applied for television and video production jobs for I could have tried to get involved with news or, or something like that, but it was always sports was always the goal for me. Uh, there's, you know, the, the expression dog days of summer exists for a reason. Uh, there's definitely, you get burned out every once in a while, but um, actually, I, I hate to keep going back to the Snoop Dogg concert. But my friend ben, <laughs> it's like changed my, your my life, friend, man. It's like the only story you're ever going to tell. Well, my friend, my friend Ben, who I've been working with, since I started my career at the Mets right after college, and uh, and you obviously know him too, uh, at one point during that concert, he like he goes up to me and he's like, you know what, man, uh, you know, I know, you know, we we complain sometimes about the long days and the crazy hours or whatever, but sometimes our job is uh is pretty freaking cool, and he was absolutely right. So there's uh there's way more good than bad, and uh, I mean I I wouldn't. I would, I wouldn't, I would always want to work in sports in some capacity, and I think most of us take our job serious enough that even if you're maybe bored when you're there, like once the game starts, you're like you're locked in enough mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, that the game, even if it is a three or four hour game that that could be uneventful, like you're locked in enough that it it goes by uh, 
relatively quickly, I think, even 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 some of the long ones. And I did the 19-inning Red Sox-Yankee oh. game in the beginning of April. <laughs> I, rem- I remember that, yeah, hearing you, uh, hearing you talk about that. Um, I mean, I don't envy you at all, man. I think the longest game I ever did was 16, and I had to I, that I had to call. But I mean, 19 is just oh, it's like shoot me in the head. And that was my first game of the year this year. Like that was just an omen for <laughs> at least for it could at least reason. it couldn't get worse, right? That's like the worst it's going to be for the season. Yeah, and it wasn't so bad because that was that game was in April, and like I, you know, you definitely weren't burned out yet. The season's just starting. You're kind of excited because even though the off season can be nice at times because it's a little more laid back. Eventually you do start getting bored. Yeah. Uh, but that one was uh, crazy. Bob Costas was just reading Snapple facts by the end of the game. <laughs> like he, was just, he was out of things to say. He was literally just reading a Snapple cap. That's a Syracuse education right there. Newhouse. That's what they teach us uh, up there. Nothing but the finest journalism. Uh, <laughs> when in doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Always go with the Snapple facts. Um, what about some of those MLB personalities? Obviously, you're on the road now, but you you know you started in studio, so I'm sure you know a lot of the guys on staff. Um, you know, you're Harold Reynolds and and you know all those other kind of guys and stuff like that. Um, what's it like when you're in the studio and you're talking to these guys in production meetings or on the road? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Give us a little insight into kind of the the workings of MLB Network, how how they're able to pull off this 24 hour thing on just one sport. Yeah. Uh, well, these guys, they really are baseball junkies and most of them uh most of them are great are great to work with a couple of them you know are kind of spacey at times but like harold reynolds especially the first guy you said like that guy is like obsessed with baseball and when i was in the studio and i was i was working with him there was a while there was about a full year or two where i was working with him almost every single day and i was he would he wouldn't come in until like you know five six o'clock at night because he'd be working LMB tonight which gets off the air at one a.m. usually and he would be like emailing or texting me several hours before he was even coming in being like oh did you see like you know this play that happened last night I want to bring that back like you have all the angles ready for me when I come in uh, so we can get right to work with it and he's actually kind of notorious for like having too many ideas we do so <laughs> many breakdowns. On like pitch, if there's like a new rookie pitcher that got called up and he just made his debut, or or I mean anything, he's like, oh, let's just do a breakdown tape of this, 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 and be like, all right, well, we're not going to do six or seven. Like, why don't you pick your favorite two or three or something <laughs> like that? But I mean, that's 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 the kind of energy you need, you know. Uh, Kevin Millar, uh, he doesn't in the, he's not in the studio as much, but he he hosts the show five days a week, uh, intentional talk with with Chris Rose, and that's more of a laid back kind of uh funnier show, much less serious, but I mean you gotta you gotta love the game and there's plenty of people, analysts I've we've worked with that aren't here because they get burned out and maybe, you know, not this isn't a knock on ESPN because they have a they have a lot more than one sport to cover, but you know, maybe a one hour baseball tonight fits their schedule a little better, unlike a guy like Harold who seemingly can't wait to talk about baseball every single day. So almost all the guys I've worked with, I've been lucky enough that uh, that they're there because they want to be there. In fact, Ryan Dempster has been working for us, and I'll, I'll this always blows my mind, but he signed a two-year contract with the Red Sox. It was like two years, 20 mil. And the first year of that contract was 2013, and that's the year the Red Sox won the World Series. But, but Dempster, like, he did not really have a good year. Mm-hmm. I think it's year. It was around five or something like that. And he had one year, 10 million left on his deal. 
and he decided to retire and not come back. And his first year in retirement, he was working for MLB Network. And every time I saw him walking around the studio in my head, I'm like, this guy turned down $10 million to play baseball and would rather be in Secaucus, New Jersey with me and my coworkers right now. Like every time I see Dempster, that's what I think of. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's, it's true. I guess the, uh, he's tired of the lifestyle and wanted to start the second phase of his career. So the guys, uh, we, who work there really uh, really do want to be there. Hey, if you're in the right part of Secaucus, it's got some great Manhattan skyline views. You know that. So maybe he just wanted yeah. to relocate a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't sure where we were going with that, but that's true. I'll give you the skyline views, but <laughs> that's about all Secaucus has got going for it. <laughs> so give me, I mean, for you, obviously, these guys, I mean, for someone like a Harold or a Ryan Dempster, where they're out of the game, they still want to be involved in it. For athletes, it's usually one of two things. You can either kind of coach or instruct or you can go kind of the media route. Um, for you, obviously, you don't, and I don't, unless you have a late career resurgence, you're not going to have a Major League Baseball career of your own. So what's kind of, uh, what's the dream in terms of, you know, 10, 20 years down the road? Are you senior producing a World Series? Are you at a, at a network that does all kinds of sports? Because you're not just a baseball guy, just knowing you personally, you're into, you know, a lot of other stuff. What's kind of the, the path for someone in your shoes moving forward? Yeah, well, I can't really say I have, like, a number one specific dream job. When I when I started my career, I was an intern for the Mets in 2006, which was actually a good year to be an intern with them. And uh, when I was working there, I kind of realized that most of the people that worked at the Mets were, were former interns themselves. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, buckled down and, and did everything I could to be a good, well-rounded intern and try to parlay it into a uh, production assistant job. So even that early in my career, I was becoming as as well-rounded as I could. I was, I was shooting, I was editing, I was, um, and that, those were the good parts. I was doing plenty of other not so, things that you don't exactly need a college education for, <laughs> like throwing, throwing t-shirts into the crowd or like escorting Mr. Matt from like suite to suite to visit people. Meeting your fiance, um, you might say. Yeah, yeah, I met her. I picked her up along the way too. <laughs> that was uh, that was that was a nice consolation. <laughs> uh, but so I mean, I just I I do like uh, one of the reasons why I like the road is that no day is the exact same. And when yeah, I was working yeah. in studio, you work on the same show every single day. It can uh, get a little so you know, going to keep being as as well rounded as I can and, and keep moving up the ranks uh, with no number one particular goal in mind, to be honest. I just kind of roll with it and uh, see what cool opportunities present themselves. And sure, there's things like uh, I've actually never been through the World Series. This year is going to be the first year I will working on the World Speed. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I look being on the road uh, brings me to a lot of cool places in the country. There's only a couple ballparks I haven't been to yet, so I'm looking forward to saying I've eventually been to all 30 of them. So I guess my my next goal is to say I've been to all 30 baseball stadiums. How about that? All right, there you go. Yeah, short-term goals, long-term planning, and you you go to one and the other. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, 10 seconds of advice you can give to anybody listening that might want to be in your shoes, aspiring uh, collegiate TV students, uh, people in internships that want to get to the network. I'm cutting you off at 10 seconds, so you start now. I would say take your internship seriously and learn how to speak a second language. 
I never learned how to speak Spanish, even though I took it in high school and college. Still never learned it. Really wish I did because of all the Spanish-speaking players. And uh, that would have been very helpful if I actually figured that out. All right. Muy bien. Um, all right. We're going to finish what? up here. What? What did you say? <laughs> right, see, you got you want lessons. You let me know, man. I can Rosetta Stone you. I give you like a nice little discount. Maybe in the off-season when, you're, when you have some more free time. All right, yeah, we'll see what I'm doing in December. <laughs> I think yeah, there's someone there's someone you live with. I think that'll be busy having you plan something else. So, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, gonna uh, gonna let you go soon, but we got to do a lightning round. So I like to usually end things. So we're gonna start with you mentioned sure. how you've been to a bunch of ballparks. You have a couple that are left. What's the what's the best ballpark you've been to yet from a work perspective? What's you know easiest to do your job, and what's the best one you've been to from a fans perspective to just kick back, have a good time, watch the game? Uh, from a work perspective, all the modern ones are, are pretty good. I can't really complain about that. It's the older ballparks like Fenway and Wrigley that those are great, great places to go as a fan. But as a coworker, those buildings just weren't built for a bunch of TV trucks. Uh, so as a fan, I would actually probably say Wrigley. I, I worked a Mets Cubs game this, uh, in May and I stayed for, a little extra to go as a fan. Uh, we have. I'm lucky enough to have a couple of Mets fans, friends on the crew, so we all stayed, watched a few innings from the bleachers, uh, pulled a few strings, watched watched the rest of the game from the ro- rooftops across the street. Nice. Uh, so I would say, as a fan, uh, Wrigley. If you could uh, produce any talent or work with any talent that you haven't been able to work with yet, who would it be? Oh, uh, a current analyst? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you work with some good ones now. I mean, you know, Bob Costas is calling games. You have the whole roster over at MLB Network. But is there anyone that you maybe you grew up listening or watching and or someone you yeah. see on a different network now and you're like, man, I'd love to just, you know, get one game and kind of learn from them or, or see what that experience well, is. Well, I got, I, I got a friend at Fox Sports 1 who's told me a couple stories about people he worked with over there. So from based on the stories he's told me, I'd have to say Randy Moss. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he worked on a football show over there. He said Randy Moss was uh, was great to work not how you would expect him to be. I know he kind of had a bad rap as a player, but he, uh, he always made me laugh as a player. He had some great one-liners. Straight and cash, homie. Uh, that'll live on. Uh, and so, yeah, Randy Moss. How about that? That's a good one. Uh, if you could be any big league or any major leaguer for a week, who would you be? Probably be a starting pitcher, so I have to work one day. <laughs> that, well, let's say uh, – That wasn't where I was thinking of going with that, but it's, it's a good point. No, the, a starting pitcher, that's the dream, man. He works 33 days a year top. <laughs> You're right. That's uh, You can't beat that. So – uh, with my Mets bias, I'll say Jacob DeGrom, an all-star week where he just dominated everyone on 10 pitches. Yeah, man. He was just throwing smoke. That was so good to see. I thought you were going to go with, like, like my pick would be, like, Giancarlo Stanton. You're probably injured anyway, so you don't have to work and you're still getting paid, but you're in Miami. you got, like, that sick body. You, like, get the chicks at the club. Um, you you're right. 500-foot bombs pretty much whenever you want. That would have been my pick. Yeah, DeGrom, I think he's either got a girlfriend or he's married. Maybe that wasn't Gorman's pick. I'm, uh, I'm too brainwashed by the Mets. Maybe <laughs> I'll pick... 
Now, if I say anyone else, then I'll get myself in trouble. Yeah, you're, you're committed to the Grom. You stick with them. <laughs> um, yeah. If uh, you could get a $100,000. The Grom's got the Rob's got way better hair than I do too. I'd love to have that. That's hair. true. Yeah, the the hair jealous, <laughs> the hair envy. I'm sure that plays a lot into a lot of guys that would want to be him. Um, yeah. You could get a one hundred thousand dollar raise tomorrow, but the Mets couldn't win, couldn't be in the World Series for the next fifteen years. Would you take it? Oh my God, a hundred thousand. Yep. For fifteen years of of no World Series for your and my beloved Mets. Am I allowed to see what they do this off season? No, the raise is tomorrow. It's like the boss comes in. He's oh, like, "Hey, we got this man. check if you want it." Oh, that's a good number to pick. Man, uh, see, I I love them, but I don't think they're gonna get the offense like ever. I'm, I'm giving... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like if you don't think they're gonna be there in fifteen years anyway, you might as well just take the money and run. No, uh, I know that's that's. Uh, I mean, have to say, a hundred thousand isn't enough. I'll have to say no, but if you. Facing it, I'll get more and more tempted, but I can't possibly do that for a hundred thousand. I'd rather put that hundred thousand towards Justin. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, take my personal uh, my personal uh, uh, contribution to the pot. Um, cool. Last one, and Lil Dicky is not an eligible answer. Who's the best rapper alive? That's a ridiculous question. <laughs> Wait until July thirty first when Lil Dicky drops the album. It's gonna change the rap game. <laughs> uh, but if I can't say Lil Dicky, which I obviously would, uh, the best rapper right now, I mean, I mean, I got Snoop Dogg on the brain, to be honest. <laughs> uh, better than Macklemore, I guess. Yeah, no, that wasn't really Snoop Macklemore. No, there's a good uh, newer friend were faces to the game I've been liking a lot lately. Action Bronson, mm. I've uh, I've started listening a lot to. Um, I don't know, man. I've been I've been mostly just listening to Little Dicky the last couple months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Little Dicky, uh, look him up. He's he's underground, but Carmine swears by him. Um, awesome, Carmine. Thanks for stopping by, man. Anything you want to plug? Uh this Thursday, Dodgers at Mets and LB no showcase. Make sure you watch unless you're in the New York area, then it'll be blacked out. But if you're not there, make sure you watch LB Network. All right, good stuff. Uh tell the uh tell the missus I say what's up and I thank you uh for coming on by, man. Anytime. All right. Uh we're gonna wrap it up. Make sure to check out MikeGianella.com for more info on me, some of the old podcasts as well. Subscribe, like us, give me a review on iTunes, and uh, also check out the website for some in- information on uh, my intro music. Uh thanks so much to Carmine, and folks, we'll see you again next week on the Mike Janella Show. Take it easy.